live from zoom it's <laughs> museum camp it's us <laughs> the most half-assed yeah. <laughs> live from zoom we're tired campers welcome to museum camp i'm megan i'm madison i'm not sure if i can match that energy right now (laughs) (laughs) it took all of my strength all of it we're sleepy we're so Um, sleepy welcome to museum camp the podcast that continues even after our brains have clocked out for the day we're doing it for y'all uh-huh we do this for you every day (laughs) megan what's up You know, um, I think I want to start out with the first, literally the first thing on my list, which I was just telling you, I wish I had texted you about earlier this week. So you could have also prepared something. Oh, but I think that, um, I love a good, like embarrassing confession, right? I think those are good moments to have in friendships and I'd like to bring it to the podcast. I think, sure. you know, if we're honest about embarrassing things we've done, it's going to humanize us a bit more. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe we won't seem, I don't know that we, you know, are seeming super intelligent these days, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll bring us down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, I was reminded of, um, something really embarrassing that I thought for most of my life until maybe a couple of years ago. Um, but that is that, um, I have always thought that Martha's vineyard was just a vineyard owned by Martha Stewart. <laughs> so you're telling me it's not. Oh my God, that makes me feel so much better. I just assumed that she had a resort. I always thought, no, it's a literal place. And it's just called Martha's Vineyard for some weird East Coast reason. Wow. (laughs) I'm so disconnected from rich people. I'm so, so (laughs) disconnected. So out of the loop. (laughs) Yeah, I have literally always thought that. Wow, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. If there were a Martha Stewart's vineyard, what would be, what would happen there? Snoop Dogg all the time. He would be a resident performer. Yeah, dude. There wouldn't be any wine. It would just be gin and juice and And weed and weed. Oh, Martha's vineyard would just be marijuana plants. Yeah. Oh man. I think we should make this happen. Snoop. What are you up to these days? Um, but I think we should keep some embarrassing confessions coming because I think they're fun. I'll see. I'll see how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like to be that vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do have like um a podcast and a show to talk about. Firstly, the podcast I found this week. Um, and they already have eight seasons, but it's called let's not meet. Oh, from Reddit. Is it from Reddit? I'm pretty sure. Cause there's a let's not meet subreddit, which is like ancient and it's all these, like, it's like creepy stories, right? Yeah. It's I, creepy stories. Years ago when I first 
you know, was on Reddit. So like eight, nine years ago, I, um, found I like found myself in like a rabbit hole of that subreddit and was reading all these stories. And I got too freaked out that I like haven't looked at it since. Mm. It's pretty good. I didn't know there was a podcast. Yeah. (sighs) Yep. And, um, I was immediately sold on it because in season one, episode two, Liz Sauer from mm-hmm, Ghosts mm-hmm, in the Burbs was mm-hmm. on there as a guest. Oh, voice of an angel. I love her. Love her. So yeah, I've been okay, um, binging that. It's pretty good. Oh. And Ooh, then it's, a, it's not even July and you're already ramping up for spooky season. Oh, I'm always ramping <laughs> for spook season. <laughs> it's just a constant uphill battle. Yeah, it's very, I'm very much Sisyphus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what, I was like, which one is the one that pushes the thing up the hill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I don't think you watch this show, although I think you and Matt would probably like it. Because um, I, I was pleasantly surprised whenever I watched it. Um, but Umbrella Academy hmm. season three just came out and it's not normally my speed sure. for a television show. But I genuinely enjoy it so much. Um, good. And so we've been watching season three of that. And it's been pretty good so far. I love it. Yeah. Um, we've been, well, there's just like a lot of TV on the horizon because um, obviously the second half of the new season of Stranger Things comes out in early July. Also early July is the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, Yeah. <sighs> excited about that um I just yesterday finally started season two of the flight attendant um so good so good I really like season two a lot yeah I well because I was talking to someone about this and I have heard kind of mixed reviews where people are like oh it's like you know not as realistic or whatever I'm like I don't Mm -hmm. fucking care like (laughs) that's not why I'm here I'm like I just love the whole vibe (laughs) Well, season two, like I said, it wasn't as like deeply rooted in trauma. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't feel as heavy watching it. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it was, yeah. Yeah. Season one had some rough moments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely did. Um, yeah. So I'm only one episode in, but I am excited to continue. Um, and then something else. Oh yeah. Only murders in the building season two is oh my God. on the horizon or already is out. I don't know. I can't keep track I think of it's the days. this upcoming week. Oh man. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of work cut out for me over the next few months. Truly. What are you going to do? I know. I know. Um, only murders in the building season two premieres June 28th. So <gasps> campers when you're listening to this that's tomorrow oh campers you're so close you're so close um what else is new I think that's really all that's new with me just gardening away what are you growing what's your favorite thing so far so far I'm really excited about my tomatoes they've been going wild I did get my first um pole bean the other day. Um, what is, that? is that like a big old green bean, like a French green, mm. green bean, you know, mm. that style. Um, but yeah, everything's been doing pretty well. I love it. Yeah. 
trying to find some good gardening podcasts. So if anyone has mm. any suggestions, I know that might not be like podcasts about gardening or podcasts to listen to while gardening. Um, podcasts about gardening. Okay. Cause I think then that I that's probably know. the easiest way to digest information for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I'm taking suggestions, campers. Suggestions. Yeah. Well, well the we only other thing I have, um, to share with the campers is campers in about a month, this podcast <laughs> might be a little different. Oh my God. Um, we're doing the announcement. We're doing this. I just decided. I just decided. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. I'm just bring it on everyone. Um, because yeah. I will be moving back to the Cincinnati area so that, um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but a byproduct <laughs> of which is that Megan and I will be able to record in person so soon. Um, and with that, I know that we have for many months now teased a lot of new Patreon content. Um, and the reason none of that has been, has come to fruition yet is because this is kind of what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, is stuff that we can do better in person. Um, it's hard when you're like thousands of miles away. Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, so we're really excited to move back. Um, I'm really excited to record in person. It's going to be just, we might try our hand at video recording. Oh, we'll see. (laughs) We've got some ideas. We'll see. Um, so yes, it'll be so great. And I am very excited. Uh, Um, So yeah, that's the announcement. (laughs) It's, it's so, so, so exciting. Yes. It's months and months and months. It's been a lot of time planning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As it turns out, moving 1200 miles is just, there's a lot of logistics there. It's not easy, (laughs) you know? No. Yeah. You have to actually like try. Yeah. (laughs) You really do. You really do. Um, Wow. Well, with that, do we dare jump in? I think we do. Goodbye intro. We'll see you on the other side. You You little bitch. I'm going to start out today with a poem. This poem is called Always Open. In the dream, I'm back on the road, driving south from Lincoln, Nebraska, toward Kansas City, windows halfway down, Midwest winter air smacking me awake, reminding me to breathe. I'm suffering. Homesickness is the story I tell, but I know there's more to it. This loneliness, these two fast heartbeats, this need to escape. Just outside St. Joe, traffic from the Kansas City airport roars overhead. And just off the exit, I see it, glowing warm yellow in the darkness. So I pull in. This is no photoshopped hopper nighthawks. No, this is home, always open, always there waiting for me past any curfew. I shake snow from my hair, find the place empty, except for one counter stool, which begins to spin and Bourdain tells me to join him. So I do because I've got nowhere else to be. I shout scattered, smothered, covered, diced and capped and laughter erupts. Now the place is full of people I couldn't save. 
We're all eating pecan waffles, telling each other stories. And I say, someday maybe I'll find a way to be happy. And Bourdain says, don't you have somewhere you should be? The faint sound of the airplanes begins to amplify. Everything begins to shake. I dive down, cover my ears, shut my eyes to the looming shadows. Startled, I find myself back in Atlanta. You are snoring again. And for once, for always, this makes me happy. This poem written by Karen Head is of course about Waffle House. Karen is actually the poet laureate of Waffle House as well as a professor, <laughs> professor at Georgia Institute of Technology. You see, Waffle House is an iconic American diner, reliable and comforting. Campers in Madison, let's head to Decatur, Georgia, where we'll visit the Waffle House Museum. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's been a long time coming. Ooh, this, this was I know one of the first museums I think that you added to our list. Yeah, it's a heavy hitter. It's a heavy hitter. It really is. Wow! 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 Okay. Wow! Wow! Let me read my sources okay. real quick. Where are they? What have I done? <laughs> so sources are going to be. Um, from theculturetrip.com, an article called Smothered, Covered, and Chunked, The History of Waffle House. Uh, AJC.com, uh, Your Guide to Waffle House Hash Browns. Uh, an, <laughs> an important guide. <laughs> yeah, very important. Uh, the Roadside America article for the museum. AtlantaMagazine.com. Um, and then the Wikipedia page for Waffle House and the Waffle House Index. Here we go. I'd like to start off with some history of Waffle House and how it came to be. And this first excerpt is from the culturetrip.com article, the one called Smothered, Covered, and Chunked, the History of Waffle House. The word chunked is just the worst. It's really not good. Yeah. <laughs> Hate it. There had to be a better word. Yeah. Surely. There's a hey, lot um, of two syllables. Yeah. Yeah. In 1955, Tom Forkner and Joe Rogers Sr. opened a breakfast spot that has become one of Georgia's greatest contributions to mankind, the humble, reliable Waffle House. It's a steadfast beacon in the night and a haven for drunkards who must reclaim sobriety or at least deter a hangover. Waffle House welcomes the hungry and trashed at all hours of the day. It has a no water menu during droughts and even operates during hurricanes. But most importantly, it's a place where customers can be themselves and develop meaningful relationships across the counter. Customers really are themselves in Waffle House, I will say. <laughs> As evidenced by the vine where there's a fight happening behind the counter. <laughs> And the guy's just like, can I get a waffle? Can I please get a waffle? Please. <laughs> it's a no. <laughs> uh, fate played a huge role in Waffle House's genesis. Forkner moved to Avondale Estates after working on the Manhattan Project in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, while Rogers relocated to work at a new toddle house, which was a quick service 24-7 breakfast chain. 
A toddle house sounds like a place where you would just send your toddlers. Yeah, it sounds like daycare. Yeah. (laughs) Toddle house rules. That's right. Forkner, whose father helped develop the city of Avondale Estates, sold a house to Rogers, and the two became next-door neighbors and close friends. During the 1950s, Avondale Estates was an agrarian community with few restaurants that were open late or around the clock. An exception was the Toddle House, where (laughs) Rogers worked. Forkner's brother also owned a building in the area. Waffle House's momentum didn't build up until the 1960s when Rogers left the Toddle House entirely. Pat Warner, Waffle House's director of public relations and external affairs, said. Um, also, are they a government? Do most businesses have a director of public relations and external affairs? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a cabinet position. <laughs> yeah. Or like a, it sounds like something at, um, in a like police force yeah. <laughs> external affairs for sure yeah that's where you go when you get um benched or whatever they call it yeah that's a sports term I don't think it's that's the police term but you guys get it get what yeah, I'm saying you get it you get it you get it booked when you get booked yeah no. What are you saying? That's when they process you for um, something. I'm saying oh, like when. No, no, no. I'm saying like when a um, beat cop gets like desk duty. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's oh, a word yeah. for that. Um, Roger's expertise in the restaurant industry and customer service was a huge asset. Above everything else, Waffle House values the employee customer relationship. It's the vehicle for a neighborhood feel in the franchise era. Like with most small businesses, Forkner and Rogers thought they'd open a few restaurants and retire. (laughs) That's not what happened. Instead, they launched a phenomenon, and by the late 1970s, there were over 400 Waffle Houses. At the time of their deaths in 2017, the chain had expanded to over 1,500 locations. Despite moving away from everyday operations in the 1970s, they stayed on board for brand management and large events such as Waffle House's 50th anniversary tour in 2005. Warner said that Rogers, quote, did most of the talking, while Forkner, quote, did most of the listening, which sounds like me and my husband. A yin and yang. (laughs) Yeah. Which one of you does most of the talking, though? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) I I feel like you both can talk. We both do actually talk a lot. You have the gift of gab, both of you. Yeah. Is it a gift or is it a (laughs) curse? (laughs) We'll never know. It's kind of, I think the line is a little too thin there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He adds that everything we love about the franchise today, the open kitchen and friendly relationships amongst staff and customers was established back at the first restaurant. Since September 5th, 1955, there has always been a Waffle House open somewhere. A Waffle Home. Ah, a Waffle (laughs) Home. (laughs) They should start calling it that. Yeah. Waffle Home. I mean, sign me up. I will pay that mortgage. Well, and I, I just, that's what I love about Waffle House is that it's just, 
they're straight shooters, you know, there's no guessing, no fancy, you know, IHOP, for example, is in code. Um, and you know, then you've got all these other, I don't know any other like it's all convoluted. And what I like about waffle house is it's straightforward. You know what it is. Yep. You know, upfront about it. Waffle house currently operates. What? I just had a house full of waffles. (laughs) Oh, the dream house, honestly. Uh, Waffle House currently operates 1,900 restaurants, and Warner said each has its own personality. It's a reflection of the community with subtle links to the past. Quote, when people talk about Waffle House, they talk about their experience at Waffle House, about the experience of being with their neighbors or talking to their waitress or their cook, Warner said. It's all about that interaction between the customers and their associates. Mm. Associates. I don't think we're taking business meetings. There. It's funny because <laughs> I keep thinking about the comment you made about, oh, it sounds like a government position. And I like the idea of them treating everything like it's the white house, but it's the, oh, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they have like a square office. Yes. Oh, um, just, I love it. Yeah, a press secretary who's. <laughs> She just presses the waffle iron. Oh my god. (laughs) A government themed waffle restaurant. I'm so in. And we know Leslie Nope is in. (laughs) Yes, she's she'll be president. That's right. Oh my god, that's funny. In its 63 years of existence, Waffle House's menu has rarely evolved. Comfort food is what this eatery does best and what guests have come to expect. Quote, we'll have people come in and eat the same thing every day, Warner said. Every restaurant has those customers they'll see pulling into the parking lot and they'll start cooking their meal. Cute. Cute. That did give me like Starbucks PTSD though. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had so many people where I, when I saw them walking in, I would just start making their drink. Yep. The most recent change was the introduction of hash brown bowls, which diners were essentially already creating. Earlier this year, a Waffle House kiosk at SunTrust Park went viral for being the first franchise to sell beer. Hmm. Aside from that, which they should serve alcohol at Waffle House. I have long thought that. I don't know. I feel like that is... Really. It's a recipe for disaster. I mean, but yeah, it could it's be for disaster. Well, and also it's like, yeah, I feel like that would change so much because um, Waffle House is where you go to recover from alcohol. Not That's recover true. from alcohol, but where you go to like soak it up. <laughs> um, I am not officially recommending Waffle House as a substitute for rehab. I would yeah, just like not to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not going to be your a licensed set. professional. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, the breakfast spot also is not spreading to New York or California anytime soon. Although Waffle House currently occupies 25 states, Warner said the company focuses on adding restaurants in states where it's already located. Is national domination Waffle House's endgame? Perhaps, but for now, Waffle House is keeping things slow. Quote, 
We have loyal folks out there that want us to expand and we'll get there eventually, but we're still growing out of the footprint that we're in, he said. So the not Avondale like the government. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> a little bit of a different. That's outlook. where it starts to diverge a little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Avondale Estates location still stands, though it has embraced multiple identities over the years, including a Chinese restaurant for a period. Waffle House reacquired the property in 2004, and in 2008, the building reopened as a museum. Warner called the museum a step back into the 1950s. It's even recognized by the Georgia Historical Society. The museum holds four public open houses a year, in addition to private appointment-only tours on Wednesdays. Only on Wednesdays is so good. Um, people will drive from neighboring states, Warner said. It's not a tour, it's a pilgrimage. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the only pilgrimage I would ever do. Yeah, it's your Mecca. It is. On September 8th, the Waffle House Museum will celebrate its 10th anniversary. And also, I think this was written in 2018. Mm. Um, So yeah, 10th anniversary, everyone has a Waffle House story and hearing tales from customers is what Warner said he enjoys the most. Um, I also saw, so like, I didn't really find any good reviews to read later on, but I did see a lot of reviews saying that they went to the museum for the 10th anniversary and they were giving away like free waffles and free hash browns. And it was like this whole big thing. A dream. Right, which like sign me up. <laughs> but um, of course, Waffle House holds a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. This is where my husband and I had our first date. Cute. And I was talking about this with him earlier today. And he claims that this, our first date was in 2010. And he was like, you just didn't, he was like, I just didn't tell you it was a date. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> read the room. <laughs> but I count our first date to be in 2016 yes. when we went to Waffle House together. For that the is time. also when I count it for what it's worth. Thank you. <laughs> I think both parties have to know <laughs> that each yeah. other's interested yeah. for it to be a date. Yeah. It- yeah. Yeah. Um, Madison, do you have a regular Waffle House order? No, I just follow my heart, honestly. I love that for you. Yeah. It's very unlike me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know, I love routines, but I don't know. I feel like the thing about Waffle House is that I never like plan to go there. It's just someplace I wind up sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that really encapsulates the spirit of my ordering thing of just like, yeah, you know, I could be in a totally different mood. It, you know, it's not like I go there for a specific, you know, in a specific series of events or whatever. It's just, it's all random chaos. I hear you. How about you? Although I will say, I think like, if you go any way other than an all-star special, I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, because it kind of covers everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wrote down my order so that everyone can know, and I'm just going to rattle it off now. 
um, all-star special eggs over medium. I go sausage instead of bacon, but I'm a sausage gal. You love the sausage. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Big sausage. Big man. sausage girl. <laughs> um, regular toast, regular waffle. I don't like anything fancy there. Um, but I like my hash browns smothered and covered. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, let's get into the code words for the hash browns, shall we? Oh my god. <laughs> code okay. words. The code words, I mean, I love it. So smothered means sauteed with onions. Okay. I think most people know smothered and covered, right? Because that's a usual normal order. Um, but covered is with melted American cheese. Chunked is <laughs> with chunks of grilled hickory smoked ham. I'm begging people to come up with a better word than that. I mean, just I don't anything. like chunk. No, the word chunk is it's so honestly. Bad. Here's the thing: I know a lot of people have a problem with the word moist, and I don't. I'm pretty indifferent about it. Chunked yeah. is, I think, my visceral Ugh. reaction version. It just literally almost made me gag when you said because it like it's that. like, yeah, it's gross. it's gross. It's gross. Um, you can get it diced, which is with grilled tomatoes. Um, peppered is with jalapenos. Capped. Um, adorned with grilled button mushrooms. Uh, you can get it topped, which is prepared with Burt's chili, which is a combination of chili beans, Jimmy Dean sausage, tomato, onions, and more. Mm, more. And you can get it country, which is with sausage gravy poured on top. Mm-hmm. Which one? Which one do you do? Smothered and covered. I just like onions and cheese. Yeah. Um, you also can combine any of those to your liking and even order your hash browns all the way, (laughs) just with all All eight toppings. Can you imagine all the way? I feel like I need to try it just to see. Stressing, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I just, sorry, I just still can't stop thinking about the word chunked and how uncomfortable it makes me hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Not a fan, not a fan. Um, <clears throat> the Wikipedia section on the Waffle House page entitled Cultural Icon tells us all about the many times that this incredible establishment has been represented in the media. Mm-hmm. Quote, Waffle House is called the low rent roadside cafe featuring waffles in the 1996 romantic comedy movie, Ten Cup. It's also shown in the 2006 film, ATL, the 2008 film, Love, Simon, and the movie, Due Date, in which the main character, which I think is Zach Galifianakis, oh my God. Um, uh, selects that restaurant despite being allergic to waffles. <laughs> Which is like very sure. Zach, but also what could you possibly be allergic to when it's waffles yeah. uh, aside from gluten? Yeah. Maybe he's got celiac. Yeah. But he didn't say he's allergic to gluten. He said he's allergic to waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just like allergic to the idea. People at work the sometimes idea use that. They're like, I just, I think I'm allergic to this concept because of X, Y, and Z. And I just like... I can't. 
don't say you're allergic to an idea. Yeah, come on. <sighs> it's offensive to people with allergies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ableist. It is. A Waffle House in Nashville was the setting for a routine by the stand-up comedian Bill Hicks. The aforementioned 2017 ESPN story stated, quote, there's no business that has a, a more symbiotic relationship with college football fans of every stripe than the Waffle House. Waffle House is particularly popular among football fans from the Atlantic Coast Conference and the Southeastern Conference, with locations in college towns attracting crowds before and after football games. Reddit co-founder Alexis Ahanian, Ahanian, one of those mm-hmm. pronunciations, um, had an epiphany at Waffle House after his attempts at being an immigration lawyer failed. This epiphany is what led Ahanian to help create Reddit. Oh, God bless. God bless. I mean, I really owe a lot to Waffle House. That's right. Waffle House is referenced to in popular music as in the songs The Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang, 24 Hours by T. Flea, Big Amount uh, by Two Chains, Alley Oop by Young Gravy featuring Lil Baby. Uh, in the title of the Hootie and the Blowfish album, Scattered, Smothered, and Covered. And in Welcome to Atlanta by Jermaine Dupree. Amazing. That album oh, title. <laughs> Um, of course we have to talk about, um, we we have to recall the immature history episode in which you told us about the Waffle House index. Mm -hmm. I love an index. Uh, Any kind of index. Yeah. Big fan. Um, so just as a quick recap quote, the Waffle House index is an informal metric named after the Waffle House restaurant chain to determine the effect of a storm and the likely scale of assistance required for disaster recovery. It was coined by former administrator Craig Fugate of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. The metric is unofficially used by FEMA to inform disaster response. The index is based on Waffle House's reputation for having good disaster preparedness and staying open during extreme weather or reopening quickly afterwards. Quote, if you get there and the Waffle House is closed, that's really bad. And that's a quote from Craig Fugate from Vienna. (laughs) Amazing. The index has three levels based on the extent of operations and service at the restaurant following a storm. There's green, which is full menu. Restaurant has power and damage is limited or no damage at all. Mm -hmm. Yellow is limited menu, no power or only power from a generator, or food supplies may be low. And red, the restaurant is closed, indicates severe damage or severe flooding. Um, All that to say, Waffle House has definitely solidified its place in Americana as an iconic food chain. Truly. We know it. We love it. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the museum, shall we? Yes. I'm going to just straight up read the Roadside America article. Love that. Because it is very good. So let's jump in. A lot of people stop by thinking we serve food, said Kelly Thrasher, our Waffle House Museum guide. 
after gently turning away a woman who interrupted our tour looking for a cup of coffee. The Waffle House franchise, an icon of the American South, is known for its scattered and smothered hash browns, bacon lovers, BLTs, and namesake waffles and coffee. The Waffle House Museum occupies the world's first ever Waffle House, which opened on September 5th, 1955. Company founders and neighbors, Joe Rogers and Tom Fortner, wanted to open 10 restaurants and then go fishing, according to one of the museum exhibits. Food is no longer served in the original Waffle House, which does confuse some passersby. (laughs) Which, like, I'd be so mad. Oh, my God. Can I please get a waffle? (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah, we should recreate that. That vine at the museum. At the museum, yeah. Food is no longer... Nope, I already read that. And pause. We'll get back to it. Okay. Kelly explained that its vintage 1955 interior is a best guess because Joe and Tom never took photos during its early years and only belatedly realized that their fishing dreams would be indefinitely postponed. Even so, Kelly said that the restoration is reasonably accurate and we found it to be a worthy member of America's fast food shrines. Unlike drive-up competitors such as McDonald's number one and In-N-Out Burger number one, visitors can sit inside the original Waffle House just as they did in 1955. Joe and Tom may have been slackers as shutterbugs, but they were pack rats when it came to saving Waffle House memorabilia. That's evident in the museum part of the Waffle House Museum, which occupies the building next to the restored restaurant. Here, visitors can see everything from Joe's custom Waffle House blazer to the Waffle House Harvard Business School study authored by his son, Joe Jr. A special special showcase displays battered relics salvaged from seven Waffle Houses that were destroyed by Hurricane Katrina. A photo op allows you to pose with life-size likenesses of Joe and Tom while sitting on prototype Waffle House counter stools that Kelly said were never put into production. It's not unheard of to see our CEO washing dishes, said Kelly, who explains that all Waffle House executives and home office employees, including herself, have to work a full shift in a Waffle House at least one day a year. I love that. I love that too. Absolutely. Love it. everywhere. Truly. Uh, the company doesn't advertise this, so there's no way to know if your server or cook is in fact a Waffle House senior VP. Hmm. Most Waffle Houses have jukeboxes stocked with Waffle House songs, and the museum has one with a complete selection that visitors can play, including Waffle House hash browns, in parentheses, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> And last night I, right. And last night I saw Elvis at the Waffle House. (laughs) Raisins in my toast is my favorite Waffle House song. Oh, it's a very good one. Is it a It'll get stuck in your head. It's a banger. It's a club banger. (laughs) Kelly said that the song idea came from Joe Jr.'s first wife, an aspiring actress who wrote and sang many of the earliest compositions. It's a way to have her involved with the business, Kelly said. 
The museum exhibits vintage hats, menus, and uniforms, as well as Waffle House promotional t-shirts and motivational buttons with slogans such as, we're smothering you with service. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Maybe dial that one back a bit, Waffle House. <laughs> they really didn't think that one through. No, no. We're smothering you with service. I guess they can't say we're chunking you in service. And chocolate pie. It's not just for breakfast anymore. (laughs) That's true. That's so true. Anytime. We asked Kelly how many different buttons Waffle House has produced over the years. Easily, there's got to be thousands, she said. We're really big on flair. There are. (laughs) (laughs) The Waffle House Museum is only open by appointment when someone such as Kelly drives over from Waffle House headquarters to open up the place. What is corporate headquarters like? Kelly described a kind of NASA mission control (laughs) with a large digital map, right? (laughs) Like so unnecessary to have a Waffle House NASA, but I love it. But I'm here for it. With a large digital map showing the location and live operational status of every Waffle House restaurant in the United States, which can be handy during hurricane season. Mm -hmm. Will that map eventually wind up in the Waffle House Museum? We're trying to make sure we save everything, said Kelly. And that was the Waffle House Museum. I loved it. I just, I'm, I love Waffle House so much. Yeah. I mean, it's iconic. It's an iconic. Institution. But yeah, since it's only available by appointment only, there really weren't that many reviews. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Very, yeah. Tough one, but. Yeah. Um, well, we'll just have to go and write our own review. I would love to go to the Waffle House Museum. Let's do it. Well, okay. Great job. Thank you. That was amazing. Um, Thank you. You know, just worth the wait, honestly. Yeah. It's been, you've had your name as dibs for that one since day one. Yeah. Year and a half. Since day one. And so I'm much ready. Um, I feel like we have dibs on so many of those. We need to go back to that. Go back for it. There's just yeah. too many museums. So many up. museums. Yeah. Um, campers, there are so many museums. So campers. thank you for joining us on this, this one, this journey. Yeah. Um, wow. We appreciate you. And, um, you know, if you're new around here in these parts, there's a whole back catalog, my friend. Oh boy. Um, lots of episodes. Uh, if you're not familiar, we do smaller episodes every week on Thursdays, Immature History, mm-hmm. um, where we read uh, not museum related articles, but funny history articles. And they are a hoot. Um, They're a hoot and a half. Check those out while you're at it, while you're scrolling around your podcast app. If you can, we'd love to see a review um, and a rating of preferably five stars. If not, just, you know, reach out to us directly and we'll, we'll duke it out from there. Um, 
I'm just kidding. I won't fight you. Um, (laughs) I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we have a Patreon and that we have lots of plans for um, even more exciting content right around the river bend. Oh my God. um, Yeah. When I move. And um, so there's going to be a lot of good stuff there. So get in early. Um, Yeah. Oh my God. Like to, you know, be be one of the first ones notified. There you go. Yeah. Um, it is patreon.com slash the museum camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us at the museum camp on, you know, all sorts of social media channels, you know, you love them. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those yeah. guys. Um, and is there another housekeeping thing? I think another, that's it. another waffle housekeeping thing. <laughs> <laughs> campers tell us your waffle house order we want to hear please um, yeah i want to hear your thoughts on the word chunked i want to um, know if like because i think ham would be good in a hash brown but i also like i think it's the embarrassment of saying chunked yeah i'll just never be able to order it no no the yeah, only way so around is to go all the way yeah you could i mean if we're really circumnavigating you could uh-huh. say, let's go all the way and then, but not, you know, yeah. and then do all the other ones that it's just subtract everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. I'll try that. I'm a, you know, I'm a solutions gal. <laughs> <laughs> um, campers. Thanks so much. We love you. Um, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.